Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another Life Group Leader podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm here with Pastor Hayden. Hey, guys. Who is, who is back in town, but then I'm back out in of town. town. He is. Uh, but even though we're, I'm out of town, we want to be here to make sure that we equip you to be able to lead your life groups well, because here at Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ in everything that we do, including this podcast, regardless if we're out of town or home, we want to make sure we're fulfilling the mission of making disciples. Well, Pastor Hayden, we are continuing our series in House Flippers, uh, talking about God's children. And it's out of Colossians 3, verse 20. Let me read that for y'all right now. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, that was probably the shortest text I got to read this time. <laughs> I still have a little bit of trauma from the genealogies in Matthew. <laughs> Pastor Hayden, what is our sermon focus for this Sunday's sermon? Hey, guys, so glad to be back with you and in the pulpit this Sunday. As we look uh, at Colossians 3.20, we got to understand the context that uh, in the first century there in, in the Roman Empire, you had a lot of uh, different family dynamics. Uh, really, the most significant one is the husband was the uh, patriarch of the home. But not only that, he could be a very domineering uh, husband, a very domineering father. Uh, and there was a lot of authority-based uh, leadership there, uh, but not the kind that you would hope to see in a biblical godly home. And so here in this section, we're just learning about how God has flipped the home uh, from what people would expect in the first century to what God's desire truly is. And what's interesting is even here in the 21st century, when we look at this scripture, it completely flips on the head of any way that we see from a secular worldview of, uh, of way, the way people think husbands and wives have to live with each other, how they expect children to live with their parents, and, and all these other areas of how a parent is supposed to raise their children. We're going to recognize through this uh, section of scripture how God has uh, flipped our homes to display his glory, and it's for our good. And so this week, what we're going to jump into is the topic of children. And really, the focus is going to be understanding the importance of following godly patterns and familial relationships because it's essential for anyone who desires to effectively lead children to honor God. We're going to have three sections in this sermon uh, as we look at children's obedience to, to, to their parents and everything and that being pleasing to the Lord. The first section we're going to look at is being uh, seeing obedience as a heavenly pattern. And we need to recognize that this section as uh, Paul lays out the uh, institution of marriage and, and parenting, uh, and even as we go into the slavery and what that looked like there in the first century and how that really equates to how we would look at our work lives uh, and how God has created uh, these patterns on earth that truly reflect realities in heaven. Uh, for instance, uh, we look at 1 Corinthians 11.3, and in here Paul tells the church in Corinth, I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. You see this leadership structure here where uh, above every man is the authority of Christ, and the above every woman uh, is Christ and her husband, 
And even the head of Christ is God. And we have to understand uh, in our culture, uh, especially like we talked about last week, it doesn't mean that that God is more God than Jesus or Jesus is less God or that the wife is not equal to her husband uh, or any of those things. But we recognize that we have these heavenly patterns that God has enacted here in earthly institutions. Uh, And we're going to learn about one this week about the children and their relationships with parents. Uh, So it's section one. Section two, we're going to look at Uh, And it is entitled The Need for Obedient Children. The idea that the way that we train our children to be obedient should help our children view God appropriately. It should help them understand their need for salvation. It should help them understand the proper response to the grace and mercy of God. And that is for us to follow him in obedience. And it's important for our homes to reflect that if our children are going to understand how to effectively follow Christ. And the last section here, I'm really excited about, it's really entitled Parents as Obedient Children. The the reality that we face uh, when we look at scripture is we're all God's children. The most common word used in the New Testament to describe Christians is brothers. And that that means we have a familial relationship and we're all brothers in relation to God being our father. And so even as we need our children to be obedient. Parents have to also be obedient to their heavenly father, and that is God. And so I'm excited to jump into those texts. Pastor Evan, do you have anything to add to that? Oh, no. It's just that that is going to be a really helpful text. And um, there's a few, even though this is a simple thing, Pastor Hayden, for us to do in terms of understand children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. There are some helpful insights that you uh, wrote down for us to be able to help us better understand, as you were just explaining, you know, we have a familial relationship with um, one another since we're brothers and sisters in Christ. So what are some of the helpful mm-hmm. insights you have for us to better understand that picture? For sure. One of the helpful insights I want to give you is, is particularly, I want to draw a picture uh, of a congruence between children and parents and God the Father and God the Son. You see, it is the parents' role to lead the children uh, and the children's role to uh, serve and submit to the parents, just like it was that relationship that describes God the Father and God the Son in Scripture. For instance, when we look at John 6, verses 38 through 40, here's what Jesus says. He says, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And so here is Christ saying, I've not come down here to do my will, but I've come to submit to the will of my father. In verse 39, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. There it is already, the authority of God the Father uh, bestowing a will upon God the Son. And the goal here is God wants to win some people. He wants to save his people. uh, And he has given that authority to Christ to not lose anything that God the Father has given to God the Son, but to raise it up on the last day. Verse 40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. I want to show you guys this glimpse into these heavenly patterns so that when we jump into the text and you jump into your life groups, you'll understand and recognize, wow, there is such a heavenly pattern between God the Father and God the Son, and how God even asks us to parent our own children. And so that's a helpful insight as we jump into uh, Colossians 3, verse 20. 
this is a reminder from last week's sermon. This is what God's design provides harmony within the family. And this is something that's beneficial for us because God is a God that he's in harmony with himself and pro provides a design that places us in harmony with him. So Pastor Hayden, there are a few cross-references that will be helpful for us as life group leaders as we get back into the saddle of life groups this week. Um, what are some of the cross-references that you found this week to be very helpful for you and it'll be helpful for us to be able to better understand this passage so that we can lead our life groups well as you know, we train up children to become obedient children to their parents? The two most significant cross-references you're going to find when you're looking up Colossians 3.20 is one is the literal uh, cross-reference, a parallel passage you find in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, when it says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right or acceptable or pleasing. And it says to honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Well, uh, depending on your knowledge of scripture, either that was very familiar to you or it was very odd that it says you're going to live long in the land. Well, you got to recognize that Paul's actually quoting uh, in the list of the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20, 12, where it says, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that your God is giving you. These are two helpful cross-references to say God's pattern and desire for the home has really been unchanging. It's always been God's priority for children to honor and obey and follow their father and their mother because this is right and pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. Pastor Hayden, what does it mean that this is the first commandment with the promise? I feel like we're going to have that question potentially asked, not maybe in our life group per se, but people within our life group might ask, what does that mean? Well, we just have the promise you, you, you understand in the Old Testament of the Abrahamic covenant, which was that God was going to give Abraham uh, a land and he was going to make him a father of many nations. And so even with that, you have the idea of a father uh, bringing offspring into a land that will uh, be in right relationship with God. That you're going to have this large family, these nations that are going to follow after God. And within that, God has created these patterns and say, listen, in the Old Testament, God had sent them to a land, a promised land, which if you're in our daily Bible reading, we're jumping right into that uh, in Joshua. And you see, he's saying, listen, honor your mother and father, because this is the commandments I'm giving you. I'm going to follow these commandments. And when you follow these commandments, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to let you live long in the promised land. And so uh, this was one of those promises that came or one of the commandments that came with a promise. Honor your mother and father. And I'm going to uh, help you live long in the land that I have promised you. And if you disobey your mother and father, there were lots of uh, commands in the Old Testament that talked about uh, even how death was, uh, was a consequence of dishonoring your mother and father and, and doing all kinds of you know, sinful acts to your mother and father. They were all punishable by death and vacation, vacation vacating, there you go, vacating from the land that God had originally put them into. So there's really a little bit of the context of, of why that's so important there in verse three. And one more uh, final cross-reference I can think of beyond our uh, one that is actually in our DBR is just the rest of the rest of Colossians that Pastor Hayden has been preaching on for the past few months. 
remembering that if, you know, as children, if we are Christians, if we have Christ in us, as Colossians 2, 6 says, we need to walk in Christ. So it's natural for a child who has Christ in them to walk in Christ by being obedient to their mother and father, respecting the authority that God has placed them. Because, you know, we, if we're not respecting the authority in our lives for our parents, how on earth are we going to really respect God's authority over our, our whole lives? And so this is just a natural outflow from us. And Pastor Hayden, you had another thought with, with that. Yeah. It's, it's even, even if the kids aren't in Christ, right? I mean, even if they're not in Christ, I mean, even second Timothy is, and when we read what Paul's talking to Timothy about, you know, your, your grand, your mother and your grandmother have made you wise unto salvation. So, you know, the concept here is not just for the Christian child. It's how do you get your child to understand what it means to be a Christian? And how do I help my child understand that I need to deny myself, take up my cross and follow Christ? Well, in a home where obedience is not only uh, one nice attribute in the home, but it's a really something we focus on. I recognize, oh, being an obedient child is me denying myself and my own whims and wishes and following my parents' desires. Then it, it'll they'll recognize very quickly as they mature and grow in their cognitive abilities. Uh, as God opens up their eyes spiritually, they're going to recognize the relationship and the patterns that you have placed into your home are those same heavenly patterns that God is trying to help us understand through scripture displaying the gospel in our lives and how God flips our world upside down, including our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Now, Pastor Hayden, there is a very awesome text that we're reading in Mark 14, um, where Jesus is in the garden uh, praying to God. And this is a cross-reference for our sermon as, you know, children obey your parents. Now, we know that Jesus is equal to is the e- equal person to God, and we have one God and three persons. But Mark 14, 36, 36 and Jesus, you know, praises his father, Abba, Father, all things are possible uh, for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your, but what you will. So, Pastor Hayden, how does this cross-reference refer back to our text in Colossians? I think it's another one of those connections that we're talking about, the heavenly, uh, eternal relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Although they are equal in essence, right? They are they are different in functions, and and God the Father and God the Christ, uh, all functioning together, they have roles. And in this role, you have God the Father who has an independent will, and you have God the Son who has an independent will. But within the framework of their relationship, that is eternal. It's not just an earthly. Uh, relationship that God the Father has with God the Son. It's an eternal one. And here we have these two, uh, two right, in, in one that have the same essence but different uh, functions. You still have them with different wills, but yet one of them, that is God uh, the Son, that is Christ, has submitted his independent will underneath the independent will of God the Father, thus submitting to him out of function. They're equal but different functions. And so we see this as a perfect representation of whether you're talking about uh, husbands and wives and they're equal in essence, different in function. And even as we talk to, uh, we talk about our children, that no one's going to argue that your children, that your children are not equal to you in essence. They're not equal to you in, uh, in the sanctity of their life. Okay. But in the way that God has formed our family uh, dynamics, our, our children are to submit and follow us because we have been given the function and form of father and 
son. And so I think it's a great DBR connection for us to see these heavenly principles God is just bringing down to earth to really uh, invade our home in such a blessed way. That was extremely helpful for us. So Pastor Hayden, uh, we can dive deep in this, but for our application questions, direction, what as, li- what as life group should we focus on as we do the application questions, and, but also help uh, lead the conversation in our life groups this week? Of course, you'll have a few different kinds of questions, but really the whole thrust of this is I want you to be able to compare and contrast uh, the world's view of children versus uh, God's view of children or a biblical view of children. What is, what is significant about children? What does God say about children? What is God's desire for children? How does God speak about children in scripture? Uh, and you'll find if you have any understanding of ancient Near Eastern cultures, uh, the Bible has a much higher view of children than any other culture in ancient times. And what you're going to recognize to be true now is Christians have such a higher esteemed view of children than people even in our contemporary cultures that we live in. And so it's so important then because of that, that we raise our children and that our children would follow us through a biblical worldview because we do see children differently than the world. And so we need to live like it, understand it, uh, so that we can help our children apply what it means to be a child in a godly home. Leaders, there are plenty of great biblical resources that we can point you to uh, for your own edification, but also for your life group's edification in terms of um, discipling their children. But here, there's two in particular that um, that we have down. First is Equipping for Life. It's a guide for new, aspiring, and struggling parents by uh, Andres and Margaret Kossenberger. Um, that is a fantastic resource for any parent or uh, any aspiring parent to be able to guide their children and disciple their children for the purpose of understanding why they exist as people to glorify God and to obey him and follow him. And uh, Pastor Hayden, what is the other resource that we have down here for our life group leaders? One you may be more familiar with is Raising Men, Not Boys by Dr. Mike Babar. It's a great practical uh, book that allows you uh, a hands-on approach of how we are to raise our boys in a world uh, that is increasingly, in so many ways, feminizing, uh, if you will, uh, in so many ways uh, are telling our boys uh, how they must act that are opposed to a biblical worldview. So great book. Uh, by a great pastor and leader that we would really encourage you to read. All right, Life Group Leaders, now we're segueing into the training portion of our podcast, which is going to be on spiritual leadership by Oswald Sanders, Chapter 2, The Search for Leaders. All right, Pastor Hayden, what, um, what direction do you have for us as Life Group Leaders? as we have read chapter two uh, this week and answered the questions on the end of the chapter. Don't you guys love that these uh, chapters are so short? <laughs> They're like two and a half pages a piece. This is uh, to be a piece of cake. Uh, one of the uh, paragraphs that I really, really enjoyed, Pastor Evan, I'd love to uh, hear which paragraph you thought was most insightful, uh, was uh, the paragraph on page 18 when it said, if the world is to hear the church's voice today, Leaders are needed who are authoritative, spiritual, and sacrificial. Authoritative because people desire reliable leaders who know where they are going and are confident of getting there. Spiritual because without a strong relationship to God, even the most attractive and competent person cannot lead people to God. 
and sacrificial because this trait follows the model of Jesus who gave himself for the whole world and who calls us to follow in his steps. I think those are great terms uh, that really point out what a leader is supposed to look like because all three of those together create a well-rounded leader who is sacrificial, caring for people, but though who is very sure and uh, concerning where they're going as, as a group of people. And so I thought that was a fantastic verse that described leadership. What about you, Pastor? What did you see in here that was helpful for your understanding of leadership? It, it, it was throughout the chapter, but particularly in the, in the final paragraph, the second to last paragraph, after the quotation that um, Oswald Chambers gave from the, uh, the leader from the Salvation Army years ago, but a paragraph after that where it talks about how God is searching for leaders and the, their qualifications are not just from the outside. It's from the inner, it's from the heart. And there's a quote I'll read to you on page 20. It said, our Lord made it clear to James and John that the high position in the kingdom of God is, is reserved for those whose hearts, even the secret places where no one else probes are qualified. And so for us as life group leaders, you know, for us to be able to know that, you know, for the qualifications of leadership within God's church, it's qualifications that you can't read on our bodies. It's, it's the over, out of the overflow of the heart, our body moves, our mouth speaks. And so you know, do we have God in us and do we have a fruits of the spirit living out? And that's who we're, that's the, those are the people that God is looking for people who have changed hearts and hearts that are listening and following after God and following after Christ. Uh, because those are the places that you and I, I don't, I can't read Pastor Hayden's heart. Pastor Hayden can't read my heart. We can't read your heart, but God can. And he is looking for people whose hearts are after him. And we, all we see is the natural overflow of those hearts. And as we uh, continue going through this book, every uh, time we have a life group leader meeting, which we'll talk about one, we may have, we have one tentatively scheduled for April the 1st. Uh, and we'll look and make sure we can affirm those as we're looking to move into our building and all those things. Uh, but when we come into those meetings, we're going to pick a couple of these questions from the chapters we've covered, and we're going to go over them together as a group. Uh, one of the questions I love in this section is, as you begin this study, what do you understand as the primary qualifying traits of godly leadership? I think that's one of the most important questions that we can uh, answer as Christian leaders is to say, what does it mean? And what is what is a primary qualifying traits of good leadership? And one of the ones I always think of is humility. I mean, of course, there's a lot of other uh, attributes you need to be a good leader, but a prideful leader isn't going to make it far without falling and failing. And so as we continue moving forward as leaders, I encourage you to practice humility as your uh, pastors will be uh, practicing humility in their own right so that we can faithfully and effectively lead God's people. Pastor Evan, there are some uh, really big announcements coming up. Would you uh, share those with us? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, y'all, it is that time of year that we need to be inviting people to church because Good Friday and Easter are fast approaching. If you don't have them on your calendars, put them on right now. April 15th, also known as tax day, is Good Friday. <laughs> we have two services prayerfully in our new building at 5 and 6 p.m. on April 15th and April 17th, 6.30 p.m., excuse me, 5 there and 6.30 p.m. And April 17th is Easter. We're doing one big 11 a.m. service on Easter. 
Uh, also, we have baptism registration. We are so excited to be able to do this. We have lots of people who are uh, needing to be baptized. And so bring that up within your life group. If you have professed faith in Christ and yet to be baptized, have them register online today. We have our first baptism scheduled for May 1st, and we want to see that place packed so that people can declare the gospel in their lives and we can celebrate with them what God has done in their lives. Uh, next is that, you know, tentative right now is April 1st, April Fool's Day. We will have a life group leader meeting. Now it's on the schedule, but we will keep you updated on that. So mark your calendars for April 1st, life group leader meeting, and we'll keep you posted on that. And you know, Pastor Hayden and I were talking, the building is moving along. The Pastor Hayden said the painting is going well on the first floor. I was over there a week ago and the, the new flooring is going in. So be praying for the building. You're moving and moving, but we know that without God, we will not be in that building whatsoever. So continue to pray and challenge your life group to pray with us. All right, guys, so grateful uh, for you, grateful to be back this week, looking forward to preaching Colossians 3, verse 20 this weekend. So be praying and let's be expecting God to do great things. Look forward to seeing you guys soon. Mm -hmm.